Welcome to the Sermon of the Week at New Hope Community Church. We hope that you're blessed and encounter God's presence as you listen to this message. As everybody's just gathering, just look at your neighbor and just say to them right now, if you don't know them, just say, you know, God is love and love never fails. That's going to be the heartbeat, the theme of my message this morning. Do me a favor, do it one more time. I want you to wake up a little bit. I want you to look at your neighbor. Say, God is love, and love never fails. All right. Uh, Jim and Heidi Shoecraft, are you here this morning? Jim and Heidi here? Oh, they're not here. Okay, so you guys, if, uh, Jim and Shooty Highcraft, Jim. Jim and Jim and Jim. Jim and Heidi Shoecraft are also going to be life group leaders. They're going to be hosting, um, does anybody know Cheryl, uh, here at New Hope? Okay, so they're, they're, they missed the list or they missed the announcement. We'll, we'll get that corrected, but they're wonderful people and they're just, does everybody, everybody sense the, the momentum and the traction with life groups? We live and we love and we learn in small groups. How many would say amen to that? It's, I, I tell you, my wife and I have been part of this church family for 31 years. If you're a guest or you're fairly new, my name is Ralph, and I'm part of a great team here at New Hope. But the, the life, the connections, it's impossible to do life together two hours on a Sunday morning. It's impossible. That's why you have small groups, build community, build friendships. Uh, we're going to jump into a few fun things here today, but uh, before we do that, we sung a song this morning called King of My Heart. Who loves this song, King of My Heart? I absolutely love this song. Uh, Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. How many of you just needed to hear that today? The king of our heart. So right now, I just, I'm going to do little, just little activations would be, we're not just gathering to fill time, Right? We're not, we didn't get up early. I, I got up early. I showered and I shaved. I, mean, I, 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 I shined my shoes and got my shirt nice. I didn't do all that just to go through a routine. I did that because I couldn't wait to get with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And more than that, I couldn't wait to get an encounter with God. To position myself to where I could receive from God in his presence. Because in his presence... That's where everything happens. So I just want you to be really aware of his presence right now. The manifest presence of God is that he is here right now. Okay? He's here. He's not coming soon to a theater near you. His presence in every part of your daily life the awareness of his presence is right here, right now. Jesus said that he would never leave you or forsake you when you said yes to him. You said yes to him, you bowed your knee, you said, I receive you. He said, I'll never leave you, ever, ever, ever will I leave you. Whatever you're going through, whatever mountain you're facing, whatever hill you're dancing on, he is going to just be there for you. This is a real kingdom reality. We need to just take a hold of that every day. 
I call it pressing and leaning in. I, 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 I tell my friends, in, in, in a millisecond of milliseconds, I don't even know what milliseconds of milliseconds is, but obviously you get my point. In, in a split middle second, <laughs> I can be in his presence. But it requires of me, I'm going to be honest with you, it requires of me to be aware, to say, Jesus, I want to be aware of your presence. I don't want to lose my way. I don't want to get off track. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be consumed with nothing. I just need to be in your presence. And then life flows from that place. He said there will be troubles every day. There's pressure every day. There's things going on all the time. But we're not living our lives apart from him. He actually said the greatest thing about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is he said, I'm going to make my abode in you. I no longer live in a tent in the old covenant. I'm going to make my home in you. It's a mystery of mysteries. He said, I got to go back. He was limited in his earthly body. He came. He was limi had limitations. And he said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So each and every person on the planet who says yes to me throughout the ages can experience me. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. Whenever we get together, Jen did an amazing job today picking the songs, because when we get together, there's freedom, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Being aware of His presence. Realizing that even right now, as I'm speaking, that He is here. I want you to, I want you to feel Him. I want you to know it. And He's here to heal you. He's always healing. He's always moving. He's always touching. So I don't have to, you know, play the music and get the, w get the hula hoop out or, you know, get the banners going right now. I don't have to do any of that stuff for him to heal you. This isn't a performance here. This isn't uh, The Greatest Showman, P.T. Barnum. That movie just came out on HBO. It's fantastic. I hope you watch it. Great a box of Kleenex. But this isn't a show. I'm just so filled with the reality of his love and his kindness and he's healing. So if you need healing, just say, Jesus, right now I need healing. And, he, and, and Lord, we're going to believe that you can come now and touch and heal. He, he can heal you right now. There's no formula for this stuff. Jesus, we pray that you'd release your power, your healing power, to go forth, to touch, to move, to heal. You know who has a broken heart. You know who has physical pain. You know, you know everything that's going on in us and through us. And we ask that you'd come now to reveal and to manifest, to literally let us experience your healing power and your presence. Because we declare that you are good and you never change. And your love is amazing. So Lord, even now we're just so in awe of your presence. Amen? Amen. Each and every time I get to share, opportunity to share and just come before you from this platform of this, uh, you know, from the front. It's just an honor for me because what I get to say to the body of Christ and my brothers and sisters in Christ is keep going. Keep going. Keep pressing in. Keep your heart pure. Keep going after. Keep loving Jesus. Be thou my vision. Jesus. Jesus is the one that's radically transformed my life and so many other lives. Jesus is the one who came and laid down his life 
and shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the one that said, Father, I will do what you want me to do. Keep loving one another. Keep loving the world around you. I get to encourage you. Keep loving those who are around you. We're going to get into this, but you know, God has placed people all around you. Because God loves people. Say it with me. God is love. And love never fails. Tony hit on that last week, and it was so good. It just resonated in my spirit all week. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are his ambassadors. We get to release heaven everywhere we go. Amen? Amen? Oh, rats. Wanda, could you give me is it, is my, my book bag for a minute? Yeah, the whole bag. Thanks, God. How many of like, this is like a ma man purse, right? <laughs> the man purse. The man purse. I got something cute I want to share with you. Is Pete Roster here? Pete, you here, Pete? Pete cracks me up. <laughs> but only Pete would go to a garage sale or a bookstore. And he knows I like, you know, the little humor. You know, the humor is good for the soul, right? So Pete gave me this book. The Ultimate Guide to Good, Clean Humor. <laughs> the Ultimate Guide to Good, Clean Humor. Because if you're a pastor, you need some good, clean humor, right? Come on. So just a few stories. Uh, you guys know that uh, Wanda's dad's a farmer. Wanda's dad turned 90 years old. Wanda spent a week with her mom and dad. He's 90 years old. He can barely walk. Wanda is going, Wanda's 59 and he checks the oil every time she used his car. <laughs> he checked the odometer on the mileage to see if she was out running around late on a Friday night with her <laughs> friends. I literally have a picture of him checking, checking the oil one day after he did it the day before. So I got this farmer joke. A farmer on his deathbed asked, Are you here, dear wife? She answered, Of course I am, my love. Then he asked, are you there, beloved son? Yes, of course, I'm here, father. The man opened his eyes, gathered all his strength, and yelled, then who in the dickens is milking the cows? <laughs> Still on his deathbed, he's concerned about them chores. Unbelievable. I love this one. A minister was explaining the wonders and beauty of heaven to a group of children. Then he asked, how many of you want to go to heaven? Every hand went up except one. Don't you want to go to heaven, Peter, the minister asked? Yes, I do, Peter answered. Then why did you not raise your hand? I thought you were getting up a load to go right now, Peter said. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Just give Pete a thank you. It's always good to tell a story, right? It's always good to tell a story. I want to give a little review. I have a friend here who hasn't been here. There's other people here who might be just be jumping in. When you're doing a series, there's like momentum and traction. So I'm just going to do a little review, a little highlight uh, from Steve two weeks ago, Tony from last week. 
God has been, uh, another thing that the Lord had wanted me to share, that a lot of times when people share, I don't know if you have an opportunity to share, but all of us do at some level, whether we tell a story or we're with family. Do you guys ever notice that you share uh, the experiences of your life, right? Your God, y- the overflow is not, you don't have to work for it. You're just sharing stories and your life and your experiences, and they flow out of your life, right? So Steve, our senior leader here, um, had a dream. And for those, it was kind of funny because if you get to know Steve, he's not like the supernatural way out guy. But God wakes people up in the middle of the night, and God gave him a specific clear dream. And Steve was... Uh, Almost wanting to, you know, he had his Bible ready because he wanted to tell people God still speaks, you know, in the, in the Christmas story, there's five dreams. So dreams are real. God speaks to us through dreams. And Steve had a dream, and the dream was God came to him and spoke to him with the word 300. You guys remember this? So if you're new, our senior leader Steve had a dream. God spoke to him in the night and with the word 300. And then God said to him, it's time it's time. Let me say it's time. Do you guys know that there are seasons and times of action? And sometimes it's like, this is the time. God will do that. He'll say, this is the time. I want to initiate and move this initiative forward. I've been preparing. I've been planning. I've been orchestrating. And now's the time. The word was, the Lord said, it is time as a body. Say body. To take hold of something that we've been hesitant to talk about. And that's growth. Growth beyond where we are now. So the dream was 300. Steve titled this series Harvest 300 or 300 Harvest. Because we're believing God to enlarge and expand and grow us. This isn't Amway. This isn't a multi-marketing scheme. There's no benefit to somebody that you're not going to get a bonus check if you brought a friend today. But the kingdom of God is growing and expanding. And if we have good news, if we have good news, I believe Tony said it last week, it's going to be contagious. It's attractive. Over my entire Christian life, I know, I know that God's presence and my relationship with Christ made him attractive because I could say, this is what he did in my life. It wasn't about what I did. It's about highlighting, magnifying, falling in love with Jesus, saying, he's done this in my life. It's really good. And boy, there's an invitation for you to come and, and drink and taste and see that the Lord is good. But the Lord spoke to Steve and said, 300, we're going to grow. And guess what? You're part of it. Tony shared his experience as a senior leader, and Tony was able to steward a vision that the Lord gave him. We are now going to be, as the family at New Hope, we're going to steward a vision that's being laid out for us. Tony said the vision the Lord gave gave him, which, uh, which relates to Steve and Joy and their vision, is the senior leader can't do it alone. Can we please stop this senior leaders do all the stuff stuff? It takes the body, it takes the activation of all the saints to participate in what God is releasing. Amen? Amen. Come on. So say, I am responsible to do my part. All right? It's not hard, is it? We don't have to beat you up. We don't have to 
get angry? The Lord releases a vision. Those who carry the vision are going to cultivate and activate the saints to say, hey, come on, guys, rally the troops. The church family, the body, you as a member of the body of Christ, God is speaking to us now. This is our assignment. Let's get behind it. Tony knew, Steve knows, Steve and Joy know, uh, Wanda and I knew when we had initiatives that the Lord led us in that it would require all of us to get behind it. Or it's just going to go like this. Because it's not going to work if the people, the saints of God, don't get behind it. We as a body are going to believe God for growth. And we're going to be getting tools and God is stirring us and God is going to be helping us, all of us, to grow in this. Last week we learned a great message on what's it like to be fishers of men in all the different ways. If you didn't hear the message, I can only highlight a few things. Hear Steve's message, hear Tony's message, because I'm going to be building on that today. We're building on a heartbeat of this message. The heartbeat of my message is God is love and love never fails. I didn't make this up, if you were wondering. Uh, 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. 1 John 4, 8. You can go read it by, uh, by yourself later. Reference it. 1 John 4, 8. God is love. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8 says love never fails, period. I don't know if you ever noticed that before. Because everybody loves 1 Corinthians 13. It's a love chapter, right? It's a love chapter. You, you, can do, you can burn your body at the stake, sell everything you got, prophesy every wisdom and thing, but if you don't have love, you're a noise, clanging, symbol. It means nothing. If you don't have love, right? Love. And then, and then verse 8, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love never fails, period. Love never fails. You don't know what to do? Love. Love your neighbor. Love your coworker. Love the brother or sister you haven't talked to in four years. Talk, love them. Be ministers. Be your ambassadors of reconciliation. That's the heartbeat of the message today. I'm building on what Steve and Tony have been sharing, and others are going to build on the same message. We're going we're to camp here for a little bit. But I want to share an experience I had that's really fun. How many of you love the ocean? Any ocean lovers? You know, you, what's the fun buzzword now? It's my happy place. You know, it's my happy place. Put Wanda and I in a coffee shop under a 14,000-foot mountain in Colorado. It's like, this is good. We love the mountain. We love the ocean. We were just able to spend a week with friends at Cape Cod, rented a house on the ocean. The crazy thing about the ocean this time, though, the ocean has always been, to me, this powerful thing that is just awe. You know, I'm kind of a big guy. I get in that ocean, and I feel them tides pull me out, and I'm like a four-year-old kid running to Mama. Oh, Jojo, it's pulling me in. It's like it's so strong. It's, it's so powerful. I'm scared to death. I'm going to be like on my little floaty and the waves come. The ocean was crazy this time. We spent a week at Cape Cod. Was I the only one to go in the water for like six or seven days? It was windy cold. If you see any of our pictures on Facebook, everybody's got sweaters, huddled down, umbrellas. The fog was over the ocean. The waves were like cresting. It was like magnificent. That's all I can tell you. 
Now, it wasn't like calm, nice, go in and out type stuff, but it was like radically crazy. We've never experienced it like that. But the ocean is one of them places for me. It's like I encounter God at the ocean. So I go for a walk. We're going for a walk. And there's, um, I'm going for a walk. And at this one point, I knew I was alone because I think Wanda and somebody else had drifted, whatever they were doing. And we were looking at seals. We were looking at seals. Cape Cod has a seal problem, if you don't know that right now. There's a lot of seals. And seals in the ocean are like Zweigel hot dogs. <laughs> and they create sharks. And never in the, we've been going to Cape Cod for 20 years. There's shark problems because of the seals. But we're looking, we're taking this walk. Now, you've got to realize this, right? It's already majestic, foggy, eerie, crazy, seals. I'm alone. I'm at the ocean. I'm, I'm right at the water's edge. So I'm right there on the sand, right? And then I hear, come on up. I hear, come on up. Now, this is where i got to, like, pause, time out. you got to do pause, time out. Okay, so Pastor Ralph, how's your medication going? Is, is the medication going well? Um, um, did you have, like, agita pizza the night before? You're hearing voices? No. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you. You guys ever heard this? If you can't explain your relationship with God to like a seven-year-old, you're probably complicating it. So I worked all night not to complicate what I'm going to say right now. My relationship with God kind of goes like this most of the time. I get to walk with him and talk with him. That's it. I get to walk with him and talk with him daily. Multiple times. I get to walk with him and talk with him. I get to enjoy a perfect union with him because of Jesus. There's nothing separates me from his heart. I get to walk and talk with him. So little seven-year-old, what's, Ralphie, what's your relationship like with God? I get to walk with him and talk with him, laugh with him. He's alive. He's talking all the time. So when I tell you, he said, come on up, I'm telling you. He said, come on up. What's that show? What's it? Come on down. Right? Price is right. <laughs> come on up. I'm walking. I hear, come on up. I'm like, come on up. Okay, you know, and you know how you, you got to do the crab crawl, you know, up the, up the little bank, right? You know, I'm kind of here. I see it. I see the bank. I see the beauty of what. So I crawl up on top. <coughs> I crawl up on top. He said, come up here. He wants to talk to me. And he knows how much I love the ocean already. But then I went, I went, again, I don't know. But it wasn't 10 feet. It was, because you know how bluffs are? You're at the ocean. You're at the water's edge. Come up, boom. And all of a sudden, I got a whole new vantage point. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I thought it was beautiful down here. I was enjoying down here. I saw 100 seals, 150 seals. I saw the, you know, because the ocean's just moving all the time. It's doing crazy fun things. I'm looking at the beauty the, the, the natural habitat, I'm, I'm into this scene, okay, I'm into it. I went up 10 feet, I'm like, oh, whoa. The vastness of my perspective just enlarged drastically. All of a sudden, I was 10 feet higher, and he said, come up here. And he said, I want to show you something. And all of a sudden, as far as I could see, it wasn't 150 seals, there was like five groups of seals, had to be five, 600 seals. As I looked to the left and the right, it just, the expanse just grew. And all of a sudden, I see myself in his presence, and he's like, I just want to take you higher. I just want to enlarge your perspective on everything. I want you to be open to see what I'm seeing. 
I want you to see what I'm seeing, to hear what I'm speaking. I want to enlarge you. I'm like, whoa, 10 feet. I just come on up. Because I get to talk with God, walk with God, have a friendship with God. And now, obviously, now I feel like he's showing me. Because here's the ultimate heart, heart of this. As I was with him, we use Christian lingo words. You know, we, we, we have a culture. We have a language. And as, as leaders, even in the body of Christ, we're like saints of God. God wants to take you higher. Right? God's bringing us from where? From glory to glory. He's not bringing us from glory to... He's, we're moving forward. We're glory to glory. Right? We're pressing on. We're moving on. We, and these things are all true. But in the simple heart of God, he's saying, Ralph, I want to show you some things. It was 10 feet, and my whole picture enlarged. The expanse was more beautiful, more rich. I had a wide-angle lens on. What I could see, I couldn't see at the water's edge. The beauty was more magnificent. The dunes were higher. The sky was prettier. My viewpoint had expanded. We are all on a journey with God, and I just want you to know he wants you to go higher. Because this is what I believe. I believe we all have an invitation from God that he wants to reveal more of himself to you. As we talk about harvest, as we talk about growth, as we talk about being ambassadors for Christ, it is impossible, I'm using a strong word there, it's impossible to reflect the true nature of, of God. It's impossible to try to reflect him or communicate about him if you don't know him. If you don't know him, you can't properly represent him. So when he says, I want to take you higher, come, 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 come on up. I want you to spend some time with me. If we never ask, which I'm going to get to in a minute, if we never ask for more, probably not going to see anymore. He could have said, come on up. And I know his voice, man. You know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They can hear my voice. They know that uh, they know when Jesus is speaking. It's not a stranger's voice, unfamiliar voice. This is Jesus. I knew it was him. Come on up. I want to show you something. I could have said, no, I'm good. I'm busy. I'm preoccupied. And I'm fine. You realize that's, that's the invitation. We get to co-labor with him. We get to partner with him. He, he, he's, he, you know, he's not going to pull me by the back of the hair and drag me up the sand dunes. The invitation is come. Come and partake. Come and receive. Come, I want to bring you higher. I just can't tell you how, how beautiful it is that we get to go higher. And he says, I want to show you something. Because in order for us to properly reflect him, properly communicate, share about him, we have to know him. We have to know him. We have to know his heart. We have to know his true nature. We have to know what he's like. So many times people are like, oh, this is what God is like. No, he's not. I'm not afraid to say, no, he's not like that. 
No, he's not like that. He's actually for you. He's not against you. He is not angry with you. He's for you. He created you. Do, do we forget that he created us? He knew us in our mother's womb? I mean, the, the, do we have to like always go like pow to the awesomeness of God as a creator? He's a creator. He created us. He knew us. You can't properly reflect him unless you know him. And you need to know him by spending time with him. Do you know, I don't know if you've ever had this revelation, the revelation meaning this awareness of him showing you this, but how many of you knew that he was so involved in your life, so, like, in your life, before you ever said, Jesus, yes. Sharing this with a friend this week. Recalling moments after moments of his hand on my life. Revealing himself to me, protecting me. The worst story was Lake Avenue, Charlotte, 17 years old, 120 miles per hour in a Trans Am. If you know where Charlotte Appliance is, you're going to know there's a little eardrop curve there. And me and the boys all getting crazy, probably on alcohol and marijuana or whatever we were doing that night, 120 miles per hour heading down the wrong side of the street. Could have killed it would have been a, it would have been killed me and my buddy and killed the people who were head on collision. And years later you'll go, Oh Lord, that was like, Lord, you put you you know, I'm just telling you. Moments he has been involved in your life before you knew it. He loved you before you ever said, I love you back. Yeah. He has been part of your life. He created you, he knows you. He's really familiar with you. So it wasn't like you just woke up one day and said yes to Jesus. Like, whoa, now he's caring about you. He's been caring about you before you were even born. He loves you. He loves people. He was involved in your life. He knows you. I was having a little fun looking at a few powerful scriptures. That just This is just a tip. This is just a tip. But Jeremiah 33, 3. The guys were going to kind of get these on to me. So this is Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I love that. The relationship we have, God, it's not like we say yes and we bow our knee and we say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I get to live. Now it's ongoing. It's like call to me and I will answer you. This is ongoing. Like you can do this later after the football game. Call to me. I will answer you. I want to talk to you. And he'll show you great and mighty things you do not know. Let me hear you say, I'm not a know-it-all. Come on. I am not a know-it-all. You don't know everything yet. The oldest person here, the longest-running Christian, powerful person, you do not know everything yet. The truth is, you don't even know the... Juan and I have this fun expression. Like, I feel like, you know, this is like me telling like the war stories to the kids, you know. 1980, I was radically born again. Jesus filled my heart. I've been doing this thing for 38 years. You know, and the Lord will go, yeah, you, you've tasted like a thimble out of the ocean of me. I, I, in 38 years, I, 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 I tasted a thimble of the vastness of God, the creator of the heavens. The universe is still being going. The, the, like, you, you see where I'm going? I think I know everything. You don't know everything. My mother said, you know nothing. You know nothing is what you know. You know nothing. 
my grandmother, right? You know nothing. You think you're smart. You know nothing. Okay, I don't know if I put any of these in orders, guy. I'm going to jump to, uh, if you don't mind, guys, Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7. I know I kind of sequenced them out of there a little bit. How many love this passage of Scripture? Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is among you who, if he asks, if his son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This relationship we have, God, is one of asking, calling out, seeking, knocking. We don't have it all. We sing, Lord, more, because there's more to discover of who he is. There's more to discover of his heart and his true nature. There's more that we overcome because of our father issues or mother issues or relationship issues because our lenses are kind of tainted at times and, oh, we think he's like that, but he's not like that at all because, because he talked to me and he walked with me and he showed me he's nothing like that. He's nothing like that. He's, this is what I'm really like. And we know now, just look at my son. You want to know what I'm really like? Look at my son. Because Jesus is the exact perfect replic replication. He is perfectly God manifested in the flesh. He's perfect. We don't have to be confused anymore about the true nature of God. And then we get to walk with him and talk with him. So ask. So my encouragement to you is continue the journey of asking. Lord, show me. This is going to tie in to the heartbeat of sharing in a minute. But I want to share one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible, 2 Kings 6. Uh, guys, do me a favor. Don't put the one scripture up yet. I just want to lay a little groundwork. If you guys, like, there are, you know, how many great Bible stories are there? Amazing, right? 2 Kings 6, if you want to dig into it, study it later. But the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Okay, so, you know, Old Testament, right? Wars, nations, Israelites constantly going on. The king of Syria makes out to set war against Israel. And the king was setting up traps. Hey, we know they're here. We're going to send a, an army here. We're going to ambush them. We're going to kill them. We're going to do all this stuff. But the king of Assyria's uh, plans kept, kept failing. They kept getting, he thought he had a mole. The king of Syria said, okay, somebody in my camp is a mole giving away our secrets. And man, there's some great verses in the Bible, but I love this one. Because can you imagine the king looking for a mole? <laughs> Verse 12, fantastic. And one of his servants said, no, Lord, none. There, there are no moles. Please, don't start killing us. Uh, but it's Elijah. It's Elijah, the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel your words that you spoke in your bedroom. Come on, is that unbelievable? The king of Syria is talking right? He's trying to conquer. He's making war plans. And the prophet is hearing the words he's speaking in the bedroom and telling the king of Israel and he's not getting ambushed. 
So the king says, okay, what would you do? What would you do? Let's go after Elijah. We've got to go after Elijah, right? We've got to get this guy out of here so we can win this battle. Oh, sorry. So the, um, the king says, okay, we've got to get rid of Elijah. We're going to pick it up. Now you can show the one with Elijah. Here, here we are. Okay. I'm going to start from... Um, I'm going to start from, I, I think it's whatever, it's, it's, I, I, I see that I lost it. I didn't write it down. But here's what it says. Here's the king is now going after Elijah. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there to where Elijah was living. He knew where he was. He says, let's go get this guy. He's messing with me. And when the servant, so, so you got this now, right? That he sent horses, chariots, and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city where Elijah was. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? What shall we do? We are surrounded. <laughs> I think this is not good. Right? Come on now. So he answered them. And this is what I think is just, and you know, we got to break. Do not fear. You ever feel surrounded by an army? The Spirit of the Lord says, do not fear. Our natural tendency is like, oh, there's an army. <laughs> right? We're in trouble. Do not fear. Do not fear. For those around, oh, I got I to nail this part right. Okay, okay. Do not fear. For those who are around us are more than those who are around them. You, you do realize this is like Elijah and his servant. He's looking at the army surrounding the city. Horses, chariots, great army. At this point, right, now he does have some credibility. Elijah is like a powerful dude. But he's like, I think you're seeing things. Because all I can see is me and you here. All, all I, that's all I can see. That's all he could see. And Elijah prayed. And here's the part that I had him up there. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold... The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elijah prayed to the Lord and said, Elijah prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. I'm just going to end there. So the heartbeat of this 300 series is the spirit God is breathing on, stirring, encouraging, and love and, and care, this word evangelism. It's really simple. It's a proclamation. It's a declaration of the good news of Jesus Christ, whether it's being preached from a pulpit or it's personal witness to your life. It's really simple, and I'm going to do a little activation right now because 
I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes. So please bear with me, and I want you to shut your eyes. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you. And I just want you to take a minute. And as I'm talking softly, here's what I want you to do. Because we need to ask, because we need to hear his voice, because he wants to open our eyes to see who does the Lord have in your life? Who is in your life that he wants to show you? Somebody you might not even see. It's not on your grid. But he's going to reveal it. He's going to show you. I have this person that I've been preparing and I've placed you right here, right now, for such a time as this. Be quiet. with your eyes closed, just a simple prayer, a conversation. Jesus, show us. Jesus, show us those around you. I'm sorry. Make, make it. Jesus, show us those around us that you want to reveal yourself to, that you want to touch, that you have been working behind the scenes that you have placed us in their lives. And we just get to declare that you're good. And we get to share our personal testimony of your love and the impact you've had in our lives. Because Jesus is beautiful. Jesus, we pray this prayer of 2 Kings 6, verse 17. Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Lord, we're asking you to open our eyes so we can see what you're up to. Because sometimes we miss it and we don't see it. But we're asking now, show us. Show us those who are around us. The invitation to come up that we can see more clearly, hear more clearly, know your heart more clearly, that we know the intent of your love and what you're up to and what you're all about. We can open their eyes, open those eyes. So I just wrap this thing up. I want you to know that each and every person created on the planet was created in his image. Each and every person ever created was created in his image. God is love, and his love never fails. There's no one be, there's no one 
out of the reach of the love of a good father. And God loves people. God is stirring us, this word evangelism, the spreading, the preaching of the gospel, the good news. When you sit with him and you walk with him and you talk with him and you know him more, this good news doesn't dry up like an old creek bed or an ugly riverbank that's no longer living and thriving. This is living water. This is I know today that he's good and he's powerful and he's kind. And Jesus is good news today more than ever before. He came, he laid down his life. He's restored us. He's reconciled us to God. There, he did everything he could do so we could live in fullness. We could be forgiven of our sins. We could reign in life. God's heart for you is that you would be reigning, thriving. We have a relationship with God through his son. We're empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus showed us exactly what the father was like. I dare say Jesus is amazing. Jesus is amazing. You know, when you're young, it took courage. You know, it was kind of like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm still not ashamed of the gospel, but I don't know why it seems so frightening. All we're doing is sharing Jesus. He's really good. He's really attractive. Because there's so much brokenness and pain and sin and stuff out there. When you are actually like a whole healthy person, you're like pretty attractive. You're pretty attractive. <laughs> like, I, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm whole. I'm, I'm doesn't mean we don't have things we're working on, but like overall, man, like I'm, I'm good. I'm reigning in life, in Christ. And I want to hit on something as I close. This is probably one of my personal favorite passages of Scripture. It's 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I don't have time for it. <clears throat> but in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it's, you know, that we're a new creation, right? I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. They've been new. But as I was meditating myself, so in our own personal journey, this will be a funny one for you, I think. I hope, uh, now that I said it, I hope it's at least a little funny. <coughs> I realized as we were preparing for this, because we have times I spend with leaders and even Stephen Joy and the team, and we're like, boy, you know, God's stirring our hearts for evangelism. What does that look like? And I'm telling you, these are some fun meetings because sometimes you're like, hey, I've, I've been evangelizing. Like, you know, I opened the door for the lady. Like, oh, okay. Is, is, it, is that a random act of kindness or did you share the love of Christ with her? You know, like, and then it, and then it becomes really performance, you know, like, like, like if you're really zealous, like I told people three times about Jesus today. How'd you do? How'd you do? No, no, that's not it. That's not evangelism. Evangelism is, is like natural life, right? Natural. Let it be natural. How, how funny. I was like almost going to forget the funny part of the story. Um, oh, I know what it was. <coughs> that happens. That happens. Where were you guys? You guys going to need somebody needs to yell out. Sorry. Um, I'm realizing. So we're talking about like praying for those around us and your, your sphere of influence and Touching people's lives. And you guys realize, I spent like 30 years, blue-collar vocation. I knew a million people in the city of Rochester. I, for 17 years, I was, a, I was like, hey, everybody, Ralph the Ragman. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the Cintas guy, right? I know people. I got more people I can count on a stick. So we're asking this question. <clears throat> Do you know anybody, like, who doesn't know the Lord? And I'm like, oh, 
my, my whole world is like the church. My little world is the church. It's you guys. It's like I spend a lot of time with Christians. I'm helping Christians be successful. <clears throat> so I couldn't think of one person. I couldn't think of one person. I was getting disturbed by this. Look, do I have any friends who don't, like, out of the church? So I'm pondering this, and the Lord says, Tim. I said, Tim? Oh, yes, Tim. Now, can, uh, who is Tim? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I get to be here at the church. I get to work with some of the subcontractors. So I see Tim. He's our heating guy. Ten years he's been our heating guy. The guy is amazing. And he drops on a dime, fantastic, great guy. He goes, whenever you see Tim, what does he say to you? He walks in, hi, Pastor Ruff, how are you? Great guy, try to give him a little hug. I don't know if he's used to that. You know, like, okay, we're good. He goes, how was Mass last week? That's what he says to me. How was Mass last week? I've told him ten times we don't call it Mass, but he still says, how was Mass? I, now I go, Mass was great. We had a great Mass, <laughs> right? It was awesome. So we talk about his family, what's going on in his life. So the Lord said, You've been developing a friendship with Tim. And I want you to invite him to church. Mm -hmm. So watch this. This is how I'm going to land this thing. So I am a pastor. I've loved Jesus, right? I mean, I, I, Jesus is amazing. And I'm like, I'm getting a little afraid. Well, no, I'll just, I'll just tell Tim that, that I'm doing really well in God. Or, you know, a random act of kindness. I helped the lady at the mall, you know. or No, we're talking about cross the chicken line. So... Here's where this expression came up. We did fire starters here. It's, an, uh, it's a 12-week heartbeat, break out of the box, get the church out of the four walls, be ambassadors of Christ, carry heaven wherever you go. Like, this is like, go just be love. Go be love in the world, right? And what they helped us understand was there's a chicken line. And whatever it is, sharing your faith, inviting somebody to church, I feel like I'm getting depression from the Lord for the lady at Walmart. I mean, we've done this stuff, right? But the thing we want to highlight is, man, we need to cross the chicken line. Chicken line, because here's what I realized. God will set me up. God will set you up. God will set you up. What I mean by that is this isn't like grind performance. Oh, no, I got to do good for God. No, this is like walk with him and talk with him, and he'll set you up. But how many times does he set us up and the chicken line's right there and he sets us up? Like if we could watch like game film on Monday morning quarterback, you'd be like, Ralph, I set you up. You didn't throw the ball. You didn't, you, you didn't throw it. I was like, what's wrong? You got to cross the chicken line. So he sets us up. He gets us ready and then I got to go. Tim, I would love to invite you to church. Because I think it's really fun here. Like, like I got to cross the chicken line. So part of this opening our eyes and him opening our eyes to see is, Lord, give us the courage because you're setting people up all around us. It's natural. God is a good God. And he's like, I, like okay, so for all, I'm, I'm looking out at all of you. You know he has you where he has you, with the people he has you. He's been working behind the scenes like he did in your life. And he's like, guys, calm down. I'm setting all this up. 
I do need you to be co-laborers, though, to go and move when I say move. Come on. I need you to move when I say move. Because do you know that God himself was in Christ Jesus, our Lord? God himself was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting their sins against them. And he says, my kids, my people are ambassadors of reconciliation. B, what compels us? What drives us? What motivates us? The love of Christ Amen. motivates us. It compels us. It moves us across the chicken line. Yeah. It drives us because it, it says in, in 2 Corinthians 5 that now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God himself were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We get to say, be restored to the heart of the Father. He is, he is crazy in love with you. Whatever wall you have up, whatever barrier you have up, whatever you think is separating you from, he, he, it, like, trust me, it's not that big of a deal. All you have to do is bow your knee. And say yes to Jesus. He came. He laid down his life. He shed his blood. He went into death. Identified with him. He rose again from the dead. And he ascended to be at the right hand of the Father. And we get to say yes to that good news. And we get to be transformed by the love of God. Stand up with me please. Stand up with me. Stand with me. Father, you are at work right now. You are at work right now in the lives of your people, your children, your sons and daughters. You are at work, and all we ask is that you'd open our eyes to see it. Open, we pray a simple prayer, open our eyes to see it. Lord, we, 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 we just say yes when we hear your voice to move, we say, we'll move. When you want us to speak, we'll speak. We break fear and any type of religious spirit over this. And we say it's just like natural. The love of God compels us. The love of Christ compels us to share the goodness of God. And to see so many people come and participate and say yes and be transformed and be filled with love and life. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you'd like to find out more of what's happening here at New Hope, please contact newhopecom.org or download additional messages from our podcasts.